Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survived, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Hey everyone, it's Nathan, this month's host of Coming Attractions, and I'm here with Emily Dixon. And Emily, I understand that you're going to watch a movie for us this month. Yeah, but once again, we're time traveling because you and I and your wife actually watched the movie together earlier this month. That's right. <laughs> well, actually, we watched but, it last month. Did did we? Okay, see, I'm so mixed <laughs> up on my timelines because that's how much a time traveler we are. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> jumping around which, all over the place. Which, which is fitting because we had a science fiction movie this month. Uh, we watched Gattaca. Yeah, not and, a time travel uh, movie, but science fiction. Right. Well, I was trying to make a good segue. No, it was great. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to make it clear to anyone listening that it's not time travel. If anyone's not ever, if anyone has not seen Gattaca, right? Uh, which surprisingly, I hadn't. And after watching it, I was kind of shocked that I hadn't seen it. Yeah, it's because... uh, well, I, I was shocked that you hadn't seen it because we're siblings, and it's been one of my favorite movies for years. The only thing I can come up with was I was busy having kids at that point in time. But yeah, yeah that, that'll so. take that'll take you out of the entertainment industry. <laughs> but this this movie uh, essentially is the question of bioethics and eugenics, and how do we um, approach a world where we could have designer genes given to our children? And I'm not talking Calvin Klein here. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. Yeah, we want to clarify that's G E N E S. <laughs> Uh, not G-A-N-S. Exactly. If I can spell. So, okay. <laughs> I, hey, another surprising fact. No. Um, anyway, the uh, the idea is at what point, and, and the movie is exploring this, at what point are we crossing a line from protecting our children from the evils of weak genes and faulty genes to giving them unnatural advantages by, you know, programming their height, their eye color, their uh, IQ, their aptitude, their metabolism. Uh, like, yeah, yeah well, and there's one character who w- was given six fingers on each hand so that he could play the piano yeah. more. Uh, so it, it, it was. It, it provides some very interesting questions that uh, I think we all need to be thinking about because this is not going to be that far on the horizon with scientific advancements that we are seeing. Right and. So we've progressed a lot because the movie was released in 1997. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So the director, Andrew uh, Nichol, uh, he is known for his explorative speculative fiction. Uh, probably one of his more famous films is The Truman Show oh, yeah, with yeah. Jim Carrey. And he discusses, you know, what where science going to take us. Uh, he has a film out that was released in 2018, so still pretty new. It's on Netflix with uh, Clive Owen. Uh, the, the importance of being anonymous. Uh, I, 
plan on going back and watching it now. It did not receive as high of reviews as Gattaca did, but uh, the reviewers are actually saying that it does ask some interesting questions, which I think having now that I know I'm familiar with some of his work, I think that's really his his bread and butter is is causing us to ask questions and being very mm-hmm. intentional about that. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 82 percent fresh uh, rating. The audience score is 87. So even though it didn't do well at the box office originally, uh, it, it really has developed a huge following consistently across the board you're going to find three and four star reviews a lot of four and a half star reviews uh roger ebert he actually gives it a four and a half star uh, sorry three and a half stars Hmm. and yeah common sense um they're they're recommending it for 14 and up because there there's some rough parts in it. I didn't think they were overly done or, or too hugely graphic. No. Uh, I would have felt comfortable letting my kids watch this. Um, but, of course, it's not really saying anything. Uh, some of the, the issues in the film is, you know, we have one character who's murdered and we find him in a pool of blood. Another ca- character commits uh, suicide in an incinerator. There's a brief sex scene, but there's no explicit nudity. And the doctor makes an off-color joke about, um, well, he just makes an off-color joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, you know, and then we have, of course, Jude Law's character is consistently drunk through the entire um, mm-hmm. movie. And there's yeah. a couple of F-bombs dropped in there. But overall, I mean, I, I don't think it's anything worse than what your kids are going to see if you're going to watch TV. Yeah. No, I, 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 and I think the movie was, is beautifully done. One of the things you mentioned, it didn't do well at the box office. And one of the reasons I think that was, is because it was billed as more of a scientific thriller Mm -hmm. and it came off more as like a kind of a noir suspense type, uh, show. You know, it, noir is a very good descriptor <laughs> because, because they use a lot of 1950s and 60s aesthetics, uh, uh, aesthetics. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, but, I, but it was an intentional choice on the, the part of the director, I think, to make the film more timeless. I think had he tried to, um, Be over too futuristic, uh, yeah, to make it too futuristic with the, the technology that, um, I, I think there would have been, it would have easily dated the, the film. But it's it's got a great timeless characteristic to it. All of the futuristic stuff is very understated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like the electric cars, um, they all are actually classic cars that are you know that they Studebakers. Yeah, <laughs> that they plug in. Uh, but and they just do it. They never make mention of it. It's never. No one ever says, "Oh, we're driving electric cars now." They're just everything just happens, and it's all done so subtly that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. Um, but it yeah. adds to it adds to how natural this world that he's built feels. This is actually a specific genre of movie. It's called a soft science movie, um, and by that it means that they, the science is there, but it's really not the the crucial part of the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't get bogged down in the technology, mm-hmm. and they really stay on focus with that internal struggle of our main character, who's portrayed by Ethan Hawke. Um, and it, it was very interesting to see the the way they contrasted and played the different characters off each other, because you know we all have our insecurities, 
And you would think in a society where these flaws of humanity were being systematically erased, that insecurities would disappear. And in truth, they're still there. Right. And they're, and, and they're almost ramped up, especially among those who, who are not genetically altered. Well, I think even in those who are, because we see that very much with Jude Law's character, um, he, very much he he came in second. He was not designed to come in second, not one step down on the podium. That's not who he was supposed to be. Right. And mm -hmm. so you still see that. And it, because it raises so many questions and the, the ethics of being able to bioengineer your children, I was really shocked at how many um, universities and um, bioethical uh, debates were, were writing uh, or bioethical magazines featuring these debates picked up on this movie. There's a lot of academic um, perspectives being given about it. And uh, on this one website called the Perspectives of, on World History and Current Events, they have a quote here by uh, David Bennett. And he wrote this, the classic 1984 soft science fiction book uh, by George Orwell he warned of the potential dangers of technology being harnessed by total totalitarian re regimes to monitor and control citizens. The film Gattaca similarly highlights the potential dangers associated with advances in biotechnology, particularly genetics, being utilized to undermine the sanctity of human life. Consequently, the issues Gattaca raises in this, in this post-Soviet world are possibly as important as those raised by Orwell's 1984 such as the power of soft science genre. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I thought that was a really good quote um, because it kind of sums up why this is an important movie. Right. And, and Frontline uh, Genomics, which is an online magazine dealing specifically with gene research, uh, they have an entire article on that. And it's... It, what their question is is how close is this to becoming a reality? And is it, and again, the same questions the movie asks, is it right, is it proper for us to be able to, to do this to human beings? Or does that, you know, that chance, that randomness need to be a part of who we're created to be? And so it, I thought it made for a very good discussion. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we had, we had a good time. And and uh, tell us about your guest this month. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, Mickey was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, because we did have Mickey, your wife. Mm -hmm. uh, she joined us. And, uh, you know, sometimes I almost uh, I have a great deal of compassion for Mickey because she she married you and you, then you and I get to talking sci fi. And I know this is a new genre for I mean, she's she was aware of it and I'm sure had watched science fiction, but she doesn't geek out over it like you and I do. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I think sometimes she gets drug along for the ride. But but no, know, she I, I think she had some very, uh, some very good points uh, along the way. Um, for those of you don't know, did. yeah, Mickey, of course, is my wife. And uh, she uh, we actually uh, the the guest, Emily, was going to book uh, fell through. So that's why we're Mickey and I kind of just happened to be like, hey, we both like this movie. Let's watch it. <laughs> right. And so you know, 
I think it, it worked out. It wasn't what we planned, but this whole month has been kind of a crazy month for everyone here at Commentarians. And, uh, right, which is, which is why I'm hosting uh, the coming attractions this month, actually, because normally I host it with uh, when Joe does a movie and Joe does the coming attractions when Emily and I do movies. Um, for, for those who've been following, he's had some, uh, some minor surgery, uh, but he's recovering from. And uh, so he, uh, he'll be back next month. Um, all is well. He's recovering well. He's just said it's kind of a struggle right now to set up all of his recording gear in his apartment at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also why we did the Patreon special together, which was random and all over the place. So, if But it was fantastic. A- Such a great <laughs> conversation. So I hope you enjoyed June's uh, Patreon special. We don't know what we've got going on for July. Uh, we're going to get Joe back in the mix and figure out... Um, what he wants to do because we still consider this kind of his his project and he's he's driving the ship um but we really appreciate uh getting to do this and and i i definitely think gattaca was just a fantastic movie especially for what we're trying to get out of the show i think this is a great one for parents to actually watch with their kids and mm-hmm. discuss because if we do not see it in our lifetimes our, i think our kids are going to start seeing the effects of this well, uh, well, and even even still, even if we don't see this type of uh, genetic engineering on the scale that the movie portrays, there's so much uh, anal- there's so much of the movie is analogous to classism and racism, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we're talking about you know giving your child the best, you know, we we get into even you know inheritance tax issues, you know, it's right, which not to get too political, but those are things that that you those are questions you can springboard out of this movie and you can you can have arguments either way for them and um the but it's just it's a fantastically written fantastically directed film and the the tone of it is everything is just a little bit understated yes yes well even uh we forgot to mention that the female lead in this is uma thurman oh yeah and even she is understated in this movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And so I uh, almost uh, unrecognizably so uh, not your typical Uma look there. Yeah, but but she does a great job. And, ex- and and everyone, I think I think the acting in this whole thing in the whole movie just fit the tone and feel of it perfectly. I mean, it, like I said, it's been one of my favorites for years. And I, as far as like sci fi uh, and, you know, the soft like you call soft science fiction, it it. Mm-hmm. To me, I think it's the best in pretty much the best in the genre. I, I agree. I agree. And when you talk about acting, you know, Jude Law, you've got to bring up his role. Um, I think I mentioned this on the movie, but it bears repeating. The role was actually rewritten for him to accommodate the fact that, you know, he's British. And he just he did such a killer job. It was his first major American film. And uh, as you said, Nobody plays smug like Jude Law. Very so, few people can be smug like Jude Law can. And I say that with with, with all the love uh, that we can give for him as an actor because this role is incredible. Um, and Ethan Hawke, uh, he, I mean, he's the lead, obviously, but he does such a great job in just transforming as a character through the film. Yes. Growing. Yes. And you see, you know, his... his confidence level change and you and and the thing is you see it you see it change in an instant as well yes um uh, towards the end when things you know <laughs> when he thinks <laughs> things are not going to go the way he wants them to so um 
Yeah. So let's, uh, <laughs> I think that, I don't know what else do you, what else do you want to say about this movie? Do you have anything? I have a ton to say, but this is a coming attraction. So let's uh, keep it brief and they can tune in for the rest of the conversation on the 15th. Absolutely. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want a great conversation about bioethics and even uh, we talked about, you know, classism and potential and, uh, you know, determinism versus free will. Even we have a little bit of that in there. So, uh, hopefully you'll like that, but, uh, join us on the 15th. We'll be glad to have you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the commentaries podcast, a Raven Creek social club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, Movies are a reflection of our lives, of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.